0: You're listening to a message from Victory Church of the Bay Area. For more information, please visit us on our website at victoryus.org. Um, we are starting a brand new series. It's a three-week series, and um, this is basically something that uh, God's been staring up, up in my heart um, over the last, um, last few months. And... Um, And um, basically, just you know, our last series, sermon series, was uh, about us knowing that God has called us, you know, to reach out to the world. You know, we are to engage our culture and community, and and the reason for that is because God's called us to His mission, and that's what I want to talk to you about the next uh, few weeks for the for the next three Sundays. We're going to talk about the mission, and and in this series, we're looking at Three things. Uh, we're looking at, first, the image of God. That's what we're going to be talking about this morning. All right. Okay, so um, so we're going to talk about the, the image of God, and that's basically the, the foundation of, uh, of the mission. And then next week, we're going to talk about the mission of God. And then on the third week, we're going to be talking about the mission of God's people. Okay? So today, we're going to talk about the image of God. And uh, with that, I'd like for us to I'd like for us to open our Bibles to Genesis chapter 1, and would you please uh, stand to your feet as we, as we read God's Word? We, we ask people to stand up uh, as we read God's Word because we want to honor God's Word, okay? So this is a sign of our reverence and honoring of God's Word. Genesis 1, we're just going to read two verses, verses 26 and 27, Okay. Genesis 1, verse 26 and 27. Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Verse 27. So God created man in his own image in the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for this new sermon series. Lord, we pray that you would open our eyes to see what your word is saying and open our ears, Lord, to hear what your spirit is saying. And help us, Lord, to, to see your mission so that we will be on mission, that we would participate. And join you in your mission, Lord. Life is not about building our kingdom, but you have a mission for us. We are members of your kingdom. We are, Lord, um, sons of your kingdom, and sons and daughters of your kingdom. And, and we want to go about your business, not just to advance our own agenda. Lord, we pray that you would use us. Help us to understand everything about your mission, so that we. Can understand our mission Lord we thank you and we lift up the series to you Lord in Jesus name we pray amen okay you may have your seats so the the verses we read from uh, obviously you know this this is from the Genesis account this is when God created the heavens and the earth and so God created everything in uh, in six days and on the last day You know, he created all basically, he created um, everything, then all the living things, all the animals. And then God stopped and said, Let us create man in our image. Let us, when God said that, basically speaking, uh, you know, speaking as a community, because God, as revealed in Scripture, is one God but three divine persons. God is, you know, God the Father. We have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, actually uh, comprise one God. Okay, that is a mystery that we cannot wrap our heads <laughs> around. But that is something that the, that the Scripture presents to us without fully explaining, but it's for us to accept by faith. God has chosen to reveal Himself as one God in three persons, one God, uh, and did not explain it. Okay, so, and here he said, let us make man in our image. You see, you've been, he's been creating everything. In all of creation, uh, the stamp of God is there. As you look at the heavens, how many of you like, you know, you like sceneries? You know, in, in Cape Town, when I was there, uh, um, there's, a, there's a mountain there, ca- it's called Table Mountain. And you go up a, you know, a, um, a cable car uh, that can fit about, one car can fit about, they told me, about 65 people. That's a, that's a, that's, that's a lot of people, one cable car. And, uh, but it's there where you can see the entire Cape Town, the city of Cape Town, and, um, and the marina. And, and it's beautiful. And it's wonderful to be up there. And, and whenever I'm in the places like that, I, f- I sense... The presence of God, you know, because the Bible says, you know, all creation declares his glory, you know, Um, you know, you know, know, if you look at creation, you can't but conclude, cannot help but conclude that there is a creator, okay? And his wonders are stamped upon creation, but yet, when he created man, it was he created man in his image. You see, man was mankind is the only creation of God that was created in his image. Okay? In his image here. So humanity is created in an image or likeness of God. And as we know, uh, this image of God given at creation was damaged because of sin. When man fell into sin. It was damaged, but it was not totally lost. It was damaged. And because of that, it affected how man perceived the world, how man related to one another, how man related with creation. And it, that because of sin, it messed up everything about man's life. And it affected creation as well. Okay? So, but the good news is that the image of God can be restored through Jesus Christ. So that's basically the outline of what I'm going to talk to you about. And so let's look at this first, uh, first part of that. Humanity was created in the image of God. Okay, so we were created in the image of God. The theologians refer to the image of God. It's not that we God looks like us in this form. Okay, Though Jesus you know, came to earth in the form of a man, Okay, so to reveal, to reveal Himself. Okay, but when we talk about the image of God, it's basically not—it's not the physical aspect, but it's really more of, of our nature and our function and our, and, um, and our character. Okay, so the nature—the the image of God. When you look at an image, it represents something, right? When you look at a picture, it represents something. That's why, you know, I always look back at the pictures I took on top of Table Mountain. It represented everything that I felt, the wonder and the awe I felt when I was on top of that mountain. So, and I was, every time I look at those pictures, it reminds me of my experience there when I was there. Okay, so, and uh, we were supposed to uh, represent God. Theologians call this image of God, in Latin, imago dei. How many of you have heard that? Imago dei, the image of God. Okay? And uh, in the beginning, when you, look at, when you look at creation, when God created man in his image, in his likeness, notice what he said. In the beginning, when man was still untainted with, with sin... When, his Im- when the image of God was untainted, here's what he had. When God created man with his image, here's what he had. He had fellowship with God. Man who was not tainted with sin and who walked in the fullness of the image of God had fellowship with God. He had full access to God. He had relationship with God. How many of you like to have fellowship with, with the brothers and sisters here? Sometimes they call you, hey, can, can we fellowship sometime? Let's hang out, you know. So we get to hang out with God. We get to, we, so man get God to hang out with God and to be with him and be in his presence. And in the beginning, when, he, uh, you know, when, his, when the image of God was not tainted, he was to represent God to creation. So that when all of creation would look at man they would see God in man and through man. So it is through man that God was going to reveal himself to all creation because man was his representative. Did you get that? Man was his representative. Okay, Angela talked about us being ambassadors for Christ two weeks ago. Do you remember that? And an ambassador represents a higher power. An ambassador is someone who is sent by a ruler to represent him okay, before others. And man was supposed to represent God to all of creation. And that's why when, when God created man with his image, he had fellowship with him, and he said, we, you are to go forth and multiply. And there, you see there um, the nature of man. He has the ability to procreate, to bring life, just as God has the ability to bring life, to create and, and, and give life. We have, God has given us the ability to procreate, uh, and then we will procreate in, uh, you know, um, we can procreate men and women in the image of God. That's amazing. That's an amazing thought. So we see there, we are like God in His, in his, in his nature. And then we are like God in his function. We are to have dominion over the earth. We are to rule on God's behalf. Okay, we are his stewards of the earth. So when all creation, when the animals would look at man who had the image of God, it's as if they've seen God. Are you getting this? Now can you imagine looking at people today, do you really can you find God in people? Just look at the news. It's disheartening what people do to one another. Right? And just look at the presidential debate. And just look at just the things that are being said there. They, you know, a lot of the a lot of people do not reflect who God is. They don't reflect the character of God. And even Christians, even, uh, this is a sad, um, this is a um, bad testimony. Um, Indi- the Indian leader, Mahatma Gandhi, said, I like your Christ, but I don't like your, the, the Christians. You see, if the Christians, if, you know, if I follow Christ and I become like the Christians, I'd rather not be a Christian. Because the Christians were not representing God. Properly, they were misrepresenting him. Okay, and the reason we we don't see God represented in people is because of the of the tainted. Because of the image of God in people have been tainted by sin. Have you seen a picture that's been has been uh, distorted? Um, you know, a garbled picture. It doesn't really represent the one that it's supposed to represent, right? I'm mean, if you have still have those old photos? You know, they're, you know, they were colored before, but because it's been taken a long time, it's now sepia. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this was colored before, and now it's, it's, uh, it, it's not colored anymore. <laughs> and man with the image of God lived in harmony with creation and with his fellow men. And because of the image of God, there was an inherent respect for human life. Okay? The Bible says in Genesis 9, verse 6. Okay? Okay, Genesis 9, verse 6. Okay, it's not working. Um, Could you blow it up a bit? I can't read it. (laughs) So, um, whoever sheds the blood of man... By man shall his blood be shed, for God made man in his own image. You see, you see here God speaks of the sanctity of life. Why is life sacred? Because of the image of God. Because of the image of God in us. Okay? And even us, even people who are sinful, like I said, the the image of God was not fully destroyed. It was just, it was damaged. But it is there's still inherent value. That's why, that's why we don't, you know, we don't, um, you know, we don't devalue other people because they're different, because they're of a different color, they're of a different race. We say they're inferior. You see, racism was not something God came up with. It's something sinful people came up with. Whether, you know, people are valued based on the color of their skin. But you see, all of us, in all our variety, whether we're we're from Africa, we're from Asia, we're from Europe, if you're you're from uh, Latin America, wherever you're, you're from, the fact that you are a human being, look at the person next to you, that is a human being. The fact that you're a human being tells you that you have the image of God and that gives you value that gives you worth doesn't matter what your circumstances in life may be you have intrinsic value because of the image of god in you even the worst of sinners there's intrinsic value because of the, the image of god though damaged it may be it's still valuable that's why it's worth saving Look at that. That's why it's worth saving. That's why Jesus came to save us. And with the image of God in man, when man was walking the earth untainted by sin, he was walking in the fullness of the image of God. The earth was blessed. The earth was blessed. The earth was prepared by God to be ruled and taken care of and be stewarded by people who walk in the fullness of the image of God. Because those people are the ones who can take care of God's creation. They are the ones who can rule on His behalf. Having the image of God meant we are to imitate God in His love and justice. Remember, we are to rule on His stead. Okay, um, Christopher Wright, um, in his book, the mission of God's people, said this. We were given the mission of ruling over creation, but we are to do it in ways that are modeled on the character and values of God's own kingship. You see, we are God's image bearers. We are image bearers. Say that with me, image bearer. Whose image are you bearing? Whose whose image are you bearing today? Okay? Okay. As God's image bearer, we are to reflect his character in our rule over the earth. Okay, So then, Christopher Wright continues, human dominion over the rest of creation is to be an exercise of kingship that reflects God's own kingship. The image of God is not a license for arrogant abuse, but a pattern that commits us to humble reflection of the character of God. Okay, So this is the image of God. That God placed in man, but man fell into sin. And that image of God, the Imago Dei, was damaged in the fall. And then, that's why the Bible says in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. Man in, our, man in his best state, in his best effort, will fall short. With the glory of God. Because the image of God is damaged. We fall short. No matter how sincere you want to be. Because of sin. We fall short. The results of the fall. Of man. Is this. First he lost his fellowship with God. He lost the privilege. To be in the presence of God. Remember when. After Adam and Eve sinned, what what did God do to them? They were driven out of his presence. They were driven out of of the Garden of Eden. Paradise, which symbolized the presence of God. They were driven out. And that's what happens when you allow sin to to take root in your heart. You will be driven out of the presence of God. It separates you from God. Okay? Man also lost his representation of God to creation. Basically, things no longer work. You know, my, uh, <clears throat> my, son's, uh, my son's phone is conking out and uh, we need to have it repaired. And until we get that repaired, that thing is not working properly. It's not doing what it's designed to do. It's not doing what it was created to be. That's what what people are. When when people are in sin, they are not fulfilling their purpose, why they were created. They fulfill their own purposes, but not the purpose of God. Romans 8.19 says this, For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the Son's of God, Why is that? All creation is eagerly awaiting and they're groaning and, and waiting for the sons of God to be revealed. The, the, the whole creation is waiting for the people of God, those the image bearers of God. Creation is waiting for them. You know why? Because after the fall, the earth was cursed. Remember, before man fell, the earth was blessed, and it was yielding its fruit. But after the fall, God cursed the earth because of the sin of man. Let's read that in, in uh, Genesis three seventeen through 19, if we can get there. And, and to Adam, God said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife, and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed, the gro- cursed is the ground because of you. In another translation, cursed is the earth because of you. In pain, you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Okay, And it says there, thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face, you shall eat. See, God called Adam to work the ground, but God also provided the ground to, you know, God blessed the ground so that the ground will provide everything Adam needed. But now, because of sin, the ground was cursed. Now, Adam, you're going to have to do it the hard way. The earth will not just automatically give its fruit. You're going to have to work it. And by the sweat of your brow, by your painful toil, you shall eat the fruit of the ground. The ground that's cursed. Even women, your childbirth, God multiplied the pain of childbirth. You see what sin did? It marred the image of God and because of that, it affected man's relationship with God. Because of sin, it effect, you know, God's, man's relationship with God is, is, is damaged. Man's relationship with others, with other human beings are damaged. It's damaged and man's relationship to the earth is damaged. That's why we see today people exploiting earth's resources instead of taking care of it and making sure that it flourishes man ravages the earth are you getting are you getting what i'm saying here the damage of the image of god has messed up creation man also lost the harmony his harmony with creation and with other human beings Giving, you know, allowing for shame, for guilt, for strife, for mistrust, for violence, for greed, for lust, for anger, for envy. For all these bad things to enter the lives of men, men and women, and affect their social structures. That today, when you sleep, you have to lock your doors. You lock your doors at night? Why do you lock your doors at night? Why do you lock your doors at night? Let me ask you that. <laughs> Why? Because what? Because somebody might come in and steal stuff from you or, or kill you, right? That's the thing that you... See, that's what sin did. It caused, it bred a lot of insecurity in our social structures the earth was cursed as a result. Since the fall of man, human history has been characterized by acts of sinful men who have lost the image of God. Here's the good news. Jesus Christ can restore the image of God in people. Okay? The Bible says in Colossians 1, verse 15, Jesus he is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn of all creation. You see, when we talk about God made us in his image, God made us in the likeness of his son. Made us in the likeness of Jesus. Jesus is the image of God. In John chapter 1, John chapter 1 says there, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. And everything that was created, was created through and by the Word. I'm paraphrasing that. And the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. Who created the heavens and the earth? Jesus. The image of God was there. And here, Jesus came and revealed God And that's why people know the Father now because Jesus revealed the Father. He revealed the Father because He was and He is the image of God. That's why Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. John, if you know me, you've known the Father. For He is the exact representation of God. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4 says this. In their case... The God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the what? The image of God. And in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3 says there, He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint or the exact representation of His nature. And He upholds the universe Jesus upholds the universe by the word of his power. Who holds up the entire universe? It's Jesus. And he holds it up by the power of his word. He just spoke it. Remember, how did, how did God create everything? He spoke things to be. He spoke things to be. Okay? And then how did Adam receive life? How did Adam receive life? By the breath of God. Remember in Genesis, you know, um, before God created everything, the, the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. He was breathing over the waters. He was breathing. In the spirit, one of the words for, used for spirit, ruach, is breath. It's breath, right? And then when there's breath, there's life. Do this with me. When God spoke, he released his breath and there was life. And he breathed into Adam and He became a living being. Do this with me. Put your put your hand about one inch in front of your mouth. And I want you to say something. Say something. What did you feel? Did you feel anything? What did you feel? You felt air, right? You felt breath? You see, every time God speaks, He breathes life into things. He breathes life. That's why the Word of God is, this is God's spoken Word. In His Word, there is life. When you read the Word of God, the breath of God comes upon you and it gives forth life. Are you, allowed, are you dead today? In your faith? Get yourself into this word and allow the breath of God to breathe life into you. Come on now. And so Jesus is the image of God. He revealed God. And then He not only reveals God, but He restores the image of God in those who put their trust in Him. Romans 8.29. Let's read that. Romans 8.29 says this. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. Christ also promises the, the, you know, complete restoration of the image of God in the future. Let's look at the next verse here. Okay, in 1 John 3, 2. Beloved, we are God's children now. How many of you are God's children? By faith in him. And what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when he appears, look at this. We shall be like him. We shall be like him. We shall bear his image. We shall be like him. That's what Jesus is doing in, in every believer. He is He is uh, you know He is restoring The image of God in us. And what is that image? The image of God in us is actually us being conformed to Christ. Christ Christ-likeness. When we become more like Christ, that's when the image of God is being restored. Look at your life today. Look at your choices. Are you like Christ in your words? Are you like Christ in the way you relate with people? Are you like Jesus In the way you love people, in the way you talk about people, in the way you sacrifice for others. Are you like Christ in your thought life? You go, hmm, not yet. Well, give yourself to Christ more and more. And as you give yourself more to Christ, you will be his image bearer. And here's what happens when we put our faith in him, he gives us a new nature. He breathes His life. He gives us a new life. He gives us, He restores the image of God in us positionally, and He sanctifies us so that He can fully restore the image of God in us. But here's what happens when we put our faith in Him. In Christ, our fellowship with God is restored. Remember, when God created Adam with the image of God untainted, Adam had fellowship with God. In Christ, our fellowship with God is restored. In Christ, our privilege to come into His presence is restored. We don't have to say this this many prayers before we can come to God. We are His children by faith in Him, and we can come into His presence directly, the Bible says. How many of you appreciate that? The question is, are we taking advantage of that? In Christ, our representation uh, for God before all creation is restored. And in Him, we can live in harmony with, with creation and with others. That's why the greatest reformers, those who have the greatest positive, most positive impact in society and on the earth, are image bearers, the people of God. John Wesley, as as I'm winding down, John Wesley presents a missional framework for the church's mission that follows, okay? He said this, the reason we make disciples is because of the image of God. Why do we make disciples? We want to make disciples because we want people to be restored back into the image of God. That is the reason why we make disciples, so that people can be restored. The image of God in them can be restored. And with that image, their relationship with God, their fellowship with God, their privilege in God, and their their mission in God. And then he says, our cooperation with the grace of God as we make disciples is what he calls preceding grace. Okay, so Imago Dei, and then the preceding grace. And then the message we proclaim as we make disciples is salvation as healing and pardon. And then lastly, the goal of making disciples is actually the perfecting of Christian character. And what is the perfecting of Christian character but the restoration of the Imago Dei in you? So when your character is perfected by Christ, That means the Mago Dei in you is restored. Are you like Christ in your character? Can you ask the person next to you? Ask that person, do you see Jesus in me? Now, you don't have to answer that. Husbands and wives, you go, (laughs) no, 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 no. (laughs) Notice in this narrative, see, What we want is for you to understand the narrative of Scripture and and the narrative of redemption history. And look at this narrative. What do you see here? It begins with the Imago Dei and it ends with the Imago Dei restored. The mission, our mission, as we partner with God's mission, is we will see the Imago Day restored in people's lives. And when the Imago Day is restored, they have relationship with him. They have the privilege of worshiping him. And their mission and assignment from God is restored. Their purpose is restored. That's why you can be the best whatever, but if, you're, if the image of God is damaging you, the Bible says... Apart from Christ, you are nothing. You may mean something to this fallen world, but everything you do falls short of the glory of God. As far as God's concerned, if Christ is in you, the image of God, if Christ is not in you, then everything you do amounts to nothing. Nothing of value, nothing of eternal significance. The restoration of the image of God and humanity through Christ is both the reason and the goal. You notice. Know it's the reason and the goal of our mission. So as we end this, God's intent from the beginning for all of us was to be his image bearers, to reflect him, to represent him, to reveal him to the world. Man lost the image of God in the fall. But God restores the image of God in man through Christ. We are therefore restored to God's image in Christ. In Christ, we are image bearers. Because if we have Christ, if Christ is, Christ's character is formed in us, then we bear his image. And as we give ourselves to his sanctifying work, then at the last day, when we finally see him, when he calls us, it will be to our greatest amazement that when we see him, we, will, we shall be like him. His work is going to be perfected. And let me tell you this, he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. The message we proclaim is, w- is one that restores man to a relationship with God and to the image of God through faith. In and I'd like to end with this. We bear the image of God through Christ-likeness. How many of you want to see the image of God restored in your life? It is only through Christ. The more we give ourselves to Jesus, the more He restores. Lord, we ask that You would open our eyes for us to see and, and reflect on our lives. and If we are pursuing things that are not of You, then no matter how successful we may be in in pursuing those things, if the image of God in us, if the imago Dei is still damaged, then, then those pursuits mean nothing.